the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Intelligent Radio, fueled by Lucky's Station. With SRN News, I'm Ron Durostra. No danger yet after North Korea's most recent test of a long-range missile. It is not yet shown to be a, a capable threat against us right now. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis says the U.S. is still studying the launch specifics. We're still examining... Uh, the uh, the forens- We're still doing the forensics analysis. It takes a while. Shortly after the late November test, Mattis said the missile flew higher than any previous North Korean test and that it represented a continued effort to build a missile capable of threatening the U.S. Republican negotiators have released the final text of their tax bill, a compromise between the House and the Senate versions of tax overhaul. House Speaker Paul Ryan says the House will vote first Tuesday before the Senate. And bowl season is upon us in the New Orleans Bowl. Troy State leads North Texas 22-20. This is SRN News. Mark Levin doesn't see evidence of collusion. What the media should be reporting is Mr. Mueller doesn't have a collusion case. Mr. Mueller does not have a criminal case against anybody so far where he claims they were colluding with the Russians to influence the elections to help elect Donald Trump. Now, maybe that'll come, but it didn't come through Manafort. Didn't come through Gates. Flynn, who's left? Are they going to go after Kushner? Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Just after 2 o'clock in the Benjamin Franklin Plumbing Weather Center in the second hour of the Northern Alliance Radio Network is coming up next year on AM 1280. The Patriot Wicks and Jewelers reminds you, your Christmas countdown, nine days. Count them, nine days until Christmas. Put the emotion and romance back into your Christmas gift with fine jewelry from Wicks and Jewelers in Bloomington off 35W. Now a quick look at the forecast. Clouds today and for Sunday. Highs right around freezing, partly sunny on Monday. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Making talk radio great again. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info. I'm also found on the web at True North, which is looktruenorth.com, a little over 10 years now, as the Center for Center-Right Political Opinion in the Upper Midwest. Uh, opinion and reporting, by the way. It's not just people ranting. Uh, it's a lot of good uh, reporting. You won't get from the mainstream media on True North, just as occasionally you find it on my other blog, shotinthedark.info. Make sure you tune in either way, five days a week on both uh, Look True North and my own blog, ShotInTheDark.info. It's the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. Brad Carlson, the closer, tomorrow 2 to 3. King Banyan and the King Banyan Radio Show every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. Together we are the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Well, it seems like we were just uh, involved in an election a year ago, and indeed we were. Uh, and, of course, we just had local elections in St. Paul and Minneapolis and some of the other Twin Cities area cities uh, just not not even a little more than a month ago right now. And we're already into another election season. And that doesn't count. The other uh, thing that we have to look forward to here, the special election season coming up. And we've got some doozies uh, coming up here, uh, some special elections you need to be aware of uh, special elections that are not without their consequence. And with us to discuss the upcoming special election season, uh, a longtime friend of this broadcast, someone who knows Minnesota's election system as well as anyone, and I suspect better than the people who are in charge of it uh, these days, Senator Mary Kiffmeyer. Uh, Mary, welcome to the broadcast. 
Glad to be with you, Mitch. Uh, really fun to be on your show again. Always great to have you here, Senator Kiffmeyer. So we've got some special elections coming up, and these are the sorts of things that, to judge by turnout numbers, uh, most Minnesotans aren't aware of. And, and we've seen the results of that unawareness and apathy uh, rearing their heads uh, in a number of elections that, that by all rights should have turned out differently or would at least been nice to have had turned out differently. Talk about the upcoming round of special elections that we have coming up here in the state of Minnesota. I'm sure glad to. Actually, a little bit of history about this coming year that is unique. Uh, for the first time in Minnesota, um, I authored a bill last year that created uniform election dates. So instead of the randomly Wednesday, Thursday, all over the map, so on and so forth, uh, the goal is to increase voter participation by having five regular dates each year. And not only that, the polling places, once established by December 31st of the previous year, cannot be changed except for an emergency. And that also helps to increase voter turnout because, as you know, every time they change a polling place, we will lose people who came to vote at the old place, the one before, because they don't know where the new one is. And so that's a real issue. So we changed the law, created five dates. February was one of them. And then we have March for the townships. They have their time all by themselves. And then April and May. And then we have August and November. The first Tuesday, um, all of those, they're all set by law, polling places uh, being set as well. So wouldn't you know it, I was just amazed. Here we are, the very first uniform election date on February 13th, and I thought, great, this is wonderful. We have a special election. We get to use our new state law and have those elections all together, whatever ones there are throughout the state, on February 13th. So here we have a vacancy in the seat of um, Senator Schoen for his sexual um, allegations and issues there, and he resigned as well as Representative Cornish. And so the governor calls him for February 12th. Why? (laughs) Why wouldn't February 13th work? Uh, There was some excuse about some school district, but, you know, that was the whole point, uh, is to be able to have um, elections throughout the state. Then you can advertise, you can talk about it, promote it. People say, well, whatever it is that's going on in my neighborhood, I know it's going to be February 13th, and I know it's going to be at this polling place. Well, the governor, there he goes. February 12th, the very first time, just couldn't play by the own rules that he signed into law. Now, just, course, just so we know what, the, what the, we're contrasting with. Now, your, your law sets specified dates and, and polling places for special elections. This replaces what system? What, what has the system been in Minnesota heretofore, uh, Senator Kiffmeyer? Any day was game. I mean, there was no limit to which dates. As a matter of fact, I had about an inch-thick printout of the whole state of Minnesota that showed the whole gamut of dates, different dates going on throughout the state, hundreds of them. And so for the people who want to go out and vote, not having any common dates, uh, then they wonder uh, why voter turnout is low. So I've actually worked on this for a number of years, and this uh, last year was a year, this year actually, actually get it passed and signed into law uh, for the benefit of our voters. Um, that's so before it could be on a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, Saturday, it could have been any day, most often Mondays, Wednesdays, or Thursdays. For some reason, they didn't seem to be choosing the normal date that we all think of, which is a Tuesday, though many of them did. So here we are, we are in our very first next year of having those uniform dates take effect. Now, just so you know, though, because of um, resignations for legislators, and the requirements as far as being seated by the um, session taking place in Minnesota in the um, odd even year, like this year, 2018, we started session very early in January. Right. This coming year in 2018, we're start not starting till February 20th. So in writing this new law, we had a little difficulty as far as coming up with a uniform date to do that. But I said, you know, February 13th, if there were any, this would work out very, very well. However, um, you know, it just seems like some folks, even when you have the most obvious in front of you, can't seem to do it. Well, yeah, and, and I have to wonder, first of all, 
Are there any consequences to the governor deciding to literally take the law into his own hands? I mean, is there is there something that can be done uh, other than the obvious litigation, uh, which sounds like it would be on a fairly tight timeline at this point? What 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 uh, consequences are there to the governor for making up the law as he goes along? Well, to be actually, you know, to be clear on that, which is what I was saying, for the legislative special elections. Um, there is no requirement to use one of those five dates ah, because sometimes that date on a very practical purpose really doesn't work. And so we had to allow for that, thinking that certainly when you had the opportunity to do so, you would do so. However, here we are, February 13th is the first uniform date, and you choose February 12th. Right, and that's that's again seems to be just another example of Governor Dayton trying to show everyone who's boss. I mean, since there doesn't seem to be much of a reason for that choice, so and and there may not be much many consequences from picking one day earlier, from the sound of it here. But uh, not, nothing legally you can do in this case because the law does not specify. But however, chairing the committee that does have elections and seeing this has happened already. Um, I'm working on some language that would um, restrict that a little bit more so that, you know, I don't know what will that do then. Will that move it to the end of January? I mean, those who want to choose to make things more difficult for the voters, which this is doing, making things more difficult for the voters from the party that always talks about, oh, we got to have you know, the voter turnout and all that stuff. Yet when it comes to a chance to do this, something that really favors the voters, does a good thing for the voters, the governor chose instead to favor the bureaucracy that administers elections. Out of his concern that this might be difficult for the election administrators to figure it out. Now, I want to tell you, I worked with those election administrators a lot. They are smart people. No question about it. They can figure it out. And the, you know, we have to remember, elections are about the voters, not the bureaucracy that has to put it together. We appreciate them. We're grateful for their work and all of that. But it, it's not for them. It is for the voters. And the system, the bureaucracy, should absorb some of those difficulties if they are there in favor of doing what is more meaningful for the voter. And this, without a question, there's going to be confusion because people are going to say, what is it now, Monday? Is it Tuesday? You know, it's not like we're just sitting around waiting for an election. We have uh, all of our normal work days, our kids, and other things that are going on. So, um, you know, we need to help the voters much more than the bureaucracy who is hired and paid to do this work. Yeah, it's almost like they're trying to filter the special elections down just to wonks who who obsessively pay attention to politics for the fun of it, which, as we all know, is a tiny fraction of the population, at, and which seems to be the, the, the proportion of the population that turns out for special elections. I mean, I, I was involved in one special election years ago in St. Paul, where I mean the turnout was roughly, I mean, a, a seventh of a typical presidential election. I mean, down in single digits. In a in a in a part of St. Paul that is not the most apathetic part of the state, and just the idea that 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 we would endeavor to make the special election system harder than it already is, rather than easier, more transparent, more predictable, sort of boggles the mind and 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 prompts me to ask why why I mean excuses about the the resilience and the ability of the uh, election administrators to keep up. Like you sort of hinted, Senator Kiffmeyer, struck me as, as a little a little wrong and a little hollow. Uh, who who benefits from keeping things opaque and mysterious and concealed? Well, definitely not the voters. I mean, we realize that the most well advertised and most expected election date is in November. That's the one that without universally you probably talk to anybody. Oh yeah, they they know about that election date. The primary one in August, a little bit harder. People got other things going on as well. However, any other dates of the year have a tendency to have a much lower voter turnout. But when you add to that, some elections being on the 13th, some on the 12th, that really increases it because they're right next to each other. And that makes it even more obvious as to 
um, using the um, the election administrators or um, some of the ballots, some of these things that might be difficult, might be difficult. What we know for sure is difficult is having two different dates right next to each other in the same area and people getting mixed up. That we do know. We do know that if the governor had chosen February 13th, the first uh, uniform election date, that no question about it, it's still a special election. It's still a bit harder to get it out there, but at least everybody can say February 13th, that's the day. Pay attention in your area. you got something going on. Paying attention now to February 13th. Now people got to do an extra thing. Is it the 12th or is it the 13th? And as you all know, if you're going out for supper with somebody and they say, well, it might be the 8th or the 9th, <laughs> and later on you think, what was that again? Was that the 8th at 7 or was it the 9th at 7 or was it at the you know, that's, that's all it takes to depress the turnout. So without question, maybe those, they have an organization or something going that's just going to really be able to do it on a private, more personal basis. And that really, really bothers me because, again, elections are for the voters. The elections are for all the voters, not just the few who have an inside track to knowing about the special date. Uh, Senator Mary Kiffmeyer, any chance we could keep you for one more segment here to talk about the upcoming special elections and and, uh, and the ramifications of the governor's decision? Yes, I actually can, Mitch. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We're talking with Senator Mary Kiffmeyer uh, about the upcoming special elections and Governor Dayton uh, flouting yet another law <laughs> in, uh, in pursuit of defending his discretion. Uh, we'll, more on that when we come back. At 651-289-4488 if you have questions for Senator Kiffmeyer. Go nowhere. It's the Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. If your tooth fell out, would you replace it? Most people would. So how is your hair any different? If you're tired of losing hair, simply replace it by going to INeedMoreHair.com. Let this be a year to make a new hair's resolution. Hi, I'm Mike Greenley, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. Meet the hair transplant specialists that have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan near 35E and Diffley Road. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. I'm Jan Mark Hill, helping you understand the times. If you were to line up 100 Christians and ask them to explain to you what Christianity was and what the Bible taught, you might get 50 different answers. Too often we spend an inordinate amount of time trying to straighten out our differences in the church rather than reaching people for the kingdom of God. It is true we need to be corrected from time to time, but if we spend all our time trying to fix the minor issues of theology in the church, we can miss the weightier issues that concern eternity. We are told in Scripture that the last days will be days of confusion and priorities will all be turned around so people will call good bad and call bad good. With our time being so short, let's make sure we focus on the majors and leave the minors for another day. For more information, listen to our weekend program on this station or anytime at olivetreeviews.org. Are you a writer who's devoted your time to writing a book with Christian morals behind it but need help to get it published? Maybe you wrote a children's book, your memoirs, a devotional, or a mystery with strong moral values at its core. Covenant Books has helped faith-based authors publish, edit, and sell their books through Christian bookstores and major online book retailers. Plus, if you call now at 800-580-1838, we're offering a free author's information kit to help you through the publishing process. Our experienced and dedicated staff will review and notate your manuscript with an editor's 
eye. Then our page designers will format your book to create the appropriate experience for your readers. And if needed, Covenant's talented illustrators will bring your book to life. Most importantly, Covenant Books will help tell your story by printing, marketing, and distributing your book through specialty Christian bookstores and major online book retailers like Amazon, Apple, and many others. Covenant Books, let us help tell your story. For your free author's information packet, call 800-580-1838. That's 800-580-1838. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call. Join us, if you would, please. We're talking with Senator Mary Kiffmeyer about uh, her legislation, which passed into law uh, recently, which brings the, the number of special election dates down to a, a number of options that are predictable, constant, and uh, ideally will we'll make special elections a fairly predictable event in Minnesota politics. This uh, law, this law, this guides that the governor has apparently chosen to ignore. Now, Senator Kiffmeyer, I think we've seen a few examples of our governor, Tina Flint-Smith, uh, basically taking actions to just make sure not so much that anything good is done, but that her, I'm sorry, Mark Dayton is the governor technically, isn't he still? That's right. Um, uh, making sure that the governor's discretion is honored. It, it's It almost seems like the governor is defending his discretion more than defending Minnesotans' right to vote. That's how it how it appears to me. How does how does this action on the part of the governor appear to you? Do we still have Senator Kiff Meyer on the line? Uh, we apparently. Uh, sorry, Mitch. Mitch, I just muted. So oh, sorry. No problem. That, it's a part, No problem. You heard my question. I think. Uh, and he I was. Sure did. Yeah. Go ahead. I sure did. Yeah, I think that uh, probably what's interesting here in regards to the governor and his choosing to appoint Tina Smith, his lieutenant governor, to the Al Franken seat, which, by the way, is just another liberal in a liberal seat. As a matter of fact, uh, Tina Smith, uh, vice president of Planned Parenthood, uh, who supports everything liberal, I appreciate her, nice lady in many ways, but her policies are way, way, way to the left and just as extreme as Al Franken. So he chose to uh, replace uh, somebody uh, in that spot. But most importantly, creating a vacancy in the lieutenant governor's seat, then the Constitution requires that the president of the Minnesota Senate shall ascend to the duties of lieutenant governor. So when you think of there are many other Democrat women and men that could have taken that appointment and done just as kind of job as Al Franken was doing, uh, easily could have done that. But he chose to do this. And I believe he had to do it knowing that with our 34-33 majority in the Senate with the Republicans, that this puts us in again as if we don't have enough going on with his vetoing the legislative budget uh-huh. to begin with. And then now doing this, it seems like his main focus of his life, no matter how nice Senator Gazelka is as the majority leader, no matter how much we try and honor the fact that Minnesotans elected him and elected us and in good faith uh, move forward in that regard, yet he still takes very definite, very difficult shots at us through vetoing our funding, going putting us in a situation going to court, and now um, putting us in the other situation of losing our president of the Senate. However, with an 1898 court ruling, Supreme Court ruling, that said you can do both positions. And, in fact, two gentlemen have, under that court ruling, done so as a precedent in the state of Minnesota. Now, I anticipate probably now the governor will take us to court again saying, no, you can't do that. And, of course, the Supreme Court that he now controls having appointed the majority on the Minnesota Supreme Court, he's maybe hoping to overturn both the precedent and the case law and be able to um, put us in that situation. So stay tuned. Uh, Things are yet to come, and no matter the nice picture of him with his arms around our uh, president of the Senate and so on and so forth, nonetheless, this is still... Uh, putting uh, the Minnesota Senate and the legislature as a whole. And and the thing that bothers me the most, our focus should be on the business of the people of Minnesota. We should be talking about 
tax cuts and, and changing laws to benefit Minnesotans and to do those things instead by the government actions because he forced us into defending just our very existence and our very structure instead of being able to use all of our energies for uh, talking to Minnesotans and what's best for them. And that's probably what I feel the worst about. We can absorb this. We can manage this. We'll handle it. We're grown-ups. We'll step up to the plate. Sometimes things are difficult to work it through. But so unnecessary of the governor to do this, of whether it was vetoing the funding or now doing this, how unnecessary uh, to have taken those steps. It almost seems like Governor Dayton is doing the very things that Democrats complain about Donald Trump doing, diverting people. I mean, for all the complaints that that people that we hear uh, from people about Donald Trump's Twitter account uh, being, I mean, it basically has served as this distraction from what's really going on in government and what's really going on in the world because the media is focused to excess on, on Donald Trump's Twitter account. And it seems like Mark Dayton is trying to go for the same basic effect with with the, the his line item veto of the legislative funding, which why? <laughs> and, and and now this decision on special elections. He is basically trying to create a diversion for to to keep people occupied, to keep people talking, to avoid talking about the things that really matter, like the fact that Minnesota's economy is stagnating at a time of generalized economic growth, like the fact that, 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 that there's a, the crime rate in, in, in the Twin Cities is booming. All, all these problems that we should be talking about, and yet we're spending our time and energy spinning on these diversions, these very Minnesotan passive-aggressive diversions that the governor is throwing in front of us. And, and by Gosh, I think it's working, Senator Kiffmeyer. That's my two well, cents worth. It, yeah, you know, I think that's great insight, Mitch, and I think that rings very true. And the question is, do we let him do that? That's why we're trying very hard to um, take it in stride, do our best, and not let that distract from us. But by the way, those things you mentioned are very well. But the governor, a while back, when the Democrats had the control of the House, Senate, and had Governor Dayton, they raised taxes, the highest tax rate in the country um, at over at very nine point. I can't remember just exactly what percent it is. But even worse than that, our lowest tax rate of 5.35 is also the highest low tax rate amongst anywhere else in the country. Right. Those two things are leading to an outflow and out migration. So what kind of effect is that? And by the way, the Center for the American Experiment did a great job at doing research and uh, getting this information out. They have a great graph and a chart. And so on Facebook, you can just do a search for Center for the American Experiment. And that's one of their latest posts. So what's interesting, though, they talk about the baby boomers leaving the state for warmer weather. When you look at the graph, indeed, that is not so much the truth. The, those that are over 65, yes, they are leaving, but it's interesting that the, the decade, the 10 years before that, are leaving even more. And those are some of the highest productivity years between 45 and 55, 55 and 65. That is where we're losing people. And then the next one is in the young people under 26. Yep. Now, you would think those young people would be staying in a liberal state because they always kind of talk about their liberal philosophies as a young person. Well, in fact, they are leaving our state. Maybe they figured it out, too. What's their future ahead when they get jobs and they get to go to work? So how is it, as a matter of fact, it's going to affect us and probably losing congressional seats. Right now we have eight of them, and we would drop down to seven. We almost did 10 years ago, but we just, just squeaked in. But next time, with all the outflow that we see going on, we are probably going to lose a congressional district. All the pundits nationally and elsewhere and within Minnesota feel it's an educated guess that we will. And so instead of eight electoral votes, we'll have seven. And that's the effect and the impact. But most importantly, we lose those taxpayers, those who are in that productive time of the year. And as a result, so I'm trying to connect those kinds of dots, as a result... We are having lower tax revenues, lower things, even though our marginal rate is higher and some of the highest in the country. You know, if people read the newspapers and read the ads from all those different businesses for 50 cents less, coupon cutting, do you think they can't figure it out? 
Well, and, and the thing and the thing that they should be figuring out is after six year, five or six years of of snarking about how Minnesota was doing better than Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota's economic growth in the most recent couple of quarters has flatlined, and Wisconsin is accelerating, and their unemployment rate is lower than Minnesotans. Something we were told, uh, led to believe, would never happen. Uh, with Scott Walker and conservatives running the state of Wisconsin, gosh, there must be a lesson there somewhere. Senator Kiffmeyer, thanks for coming on the broadcast with us. Today today uh just further appreciate oh go ahead yeah absolutely i just got to get one thing back in though this year the republican majorities in the house and the senate did push through to governor dayton a 660 million dollar tax cut that may help stem the tide but just so you know and then in the following biennium that increases up to 880 million and so i think i just didn't quite finish up senator roger chamberlain chair of the tax committee our majorities uh, in the House and the Senate, $660 million, including a, uh, in a, uh, able to not pay taxes on Social Security. So some good news in the future. I will have Senator Chamberlain on the broadcast in coming weeks to talk about that exact subject. Thanks for my bringing attention, uh, Rep. Thank Senator you. Kiffmeyer. Thank you. Northern Alliance, AM 12, 8 of the Patriot. Too much stuff to fit into one show, as usual. Congratulations! You've won $50 off an individual corporate headshot session with Jan and Noonan Photography just for listening to The Patriot right now. Jan is a seasoned pro, sought after by executives and top companies in the Twin Cities for over 25 years. That's because she knows how to bring out your best side, your personality. To claim your $50 discount on an on-location headshot session, contact Jana, N-O-O-N-A-N, photography.com today and mention AM1280 The Patriot. What would an event be like without beautiful floral arrangements? A wedding with no bouquets? A catered dinner with no decor? Tony's Flower Shop refuses to let your event be anything less than stunning. Tony's has been in business in Anoka for over 60 years. Those years have fostered a long-held tradition of creating personalized designs made perfect for you, whether it's a corporate event, funeral, or wedding, or other special occasion. Tony's Flower Shop will help make it shine. Visit them in Anoka today or at tonysflowers.net. You need to make every second count. So when are you going to have time to think of and shop for her perfect gift? Go to Wixen Jewelers. This is the season when the highly trained Wixen staff really shines. They focus all their attention on you. You'll be amazed at how easy they make it and at their unmatched selection of diamonds and fine watches. How much better will you feel tomorrow knowing that today you bought her exactly what she wants? Wixen Jewelers, just off 35W at 99th and Lindell, Bloomington. Open today 10 till 6 and tomorrow noon to 5. Make plans now to join the Patriots Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, and Mike Gallagher for the 2018 Aloha Talkers Cruise. Sail around and explore the world's most beautiful islands. Then at night, gather together with Hugh, Larry, and Mike for a special time discussing a fresh course for this nation. The 2018 Aloha Talkers Cruise sets sails for seven days, August 11th through the 18th. For all the details about this cruise, visit am1280thepatriot.com and book your trip today. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many both people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to... To settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-694-7394. 800-694-7394. That's 800-694-7394. AM 1280, The Patriot. When they 
join us, won't you please? Oh, baby. Won't you dance with me? So it was a busy week in politics and in the personal life of, of, of your host this past week here. Uh, it was my birthday this uh, past Monday. So uh, thank you very much for those of you who observed that on Facebook. Uh, I was a gratifying turnout of people who remember the anniversary of, of my big entrance uh, <clears throat> years ago. Uh, always great to hear that. Uh, the same day, by the way, or actually the day after my birthday, of course, was the big special election in uh, Alabama to replace Jeff Sessions, and of course, it's probably the most one of the most famous, <laughs> most uh, publicized special elections in recent American history. Uh, Judge Roy Moore running against some Democrat, and, and whoever it was, I don't know if it even matters. <laughs> Quick, name him. Go ahead. I dare you. I, Doug Jones, right? Um, I think it's Doug, Mr. Jones. Anyway, uh, Mr. Jones and Moore uh, had the had the race, and the the race came down to a battle. First of all, over Donald Trump, it, it was cast as a referendum on Donald Trump, and then as a referendum on the sexual harassment issue. And the part that I thought was interesting watching the uh, watching the the race happen is there was a you had the you had the 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 this uh, vision. The, the appearance of, of many, many, many people on the left who had uh, thought that the likes of Ted Kennedy and Bill Clinton were perfectly fine to represent their their people in, in, in the Senate and as the president, people who whose crimes against women uh, up, were up to and including uh, manslaughter. Uh, I mean, I mean, he was never tried for it. There's a reason that Ted Kennedy was never tried for the death of Mary Jo Kopechny because he had political connections. It's really that simple. Uh, and, of course, Bill Clinton's uh, behavior in office is a matter of, of public record, or at least it is if you were paying attention, as many on the left persuaded themselves not to do when Bill Clinton was in office. So you had a lot of people who thought that the likes of Ted Kennedy and Bill Clinton and Barney Frank, for that matter, were just dreamy representatives of the public will who then spent this last week patting themselves on the back for virtue signaling about Roy Moore. Now, now you have a lot of people also who should have known better uh, calling the Alabama special election a referendum on Republican policy. In fact, I heard a fair amount of that on Wednesday morning. It wasn't. Uh, there was, a, I believe, a Gallup poll the uh, day before the election that showed Alabama's uh, Alabamans support the GOP. I mean, Hillary, in, during the last year's general election, came in somewhere below none of the above in Alabama. I, I'm, I'm exaggerating just a tad, but I mean, it wasn't even close. Alabamans chose Donald Trump as president, as they have chosen the president in election after election after election. Uh, but they were uncomfortable with the allegations against Roy Moore. But I figured if you Democrats out there want to take that as, as a sign that Alabama is ready to turn red, uh, blue, feel free to pump a lot of money into Alabama this next uh, election. Hint, it's not going to happen. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not a gambling man, but if I were, I would put a sizable bet out there that uh, any action on the statement that uh, uh, the allegations against Moore will fall apart shortly. But I don't think anyone's going to take me up on that bet because they were only intended to last until December 12th. The uh, the allegations against Roy Moore uh, have a shelf life. That's all they were needed for. Now, I, for all I know, they're true. Uh, for, and I I know I have friends and, and social media acquaintances and, and people in the world of politics who strongly disagree, who believe that every single allegation against Roy Moore was uh, was trumped up, was made up, was was a fabrication, was was perjury in, in essence. And that, of course, is the danger that we we as a society have let ourselves into when it comes to the issue of sexual harassment and sexual assault 
and the notion of the rape culture. We have a generation that's coming up through the modern education system that has come to believe that innocence until proven guilty has no place in the issues of sexual harassment, sexual assault, rape, uh, even sexual impropriety, or even 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 uh, the mildest forms of sexual harassment. Who believe, first of all, two things that are going to be profoundly damaging to our society. First of all, innocence until proven guilt is outmoded and not necessary for those accused of uh, anything with the S word at the beginning. And furthermore, that uh, that all degrees of sexual imposition, for lack of a better term, are the same. That the idea that a, a an unwelcome touch is the same as an unwelcome grope, or the the idea that that an unwelcome uh, advance. Uh, asking someone out for a date when when it's not when someone doesn't want to go out with you is 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 the same as an unwelcome touch, which is the same as an unwelcome grope, which is the, un, the same as an unwelcome physical contact, which is the same as as some degree of sexual assault, which is the same as rape. The idea that every unwelcome advance from a member of the opposite sex is the same level of offense, and the idea that Innocence until proven guilt is inappropriate for those accused of any degree of sexual imposition whatsoever from from juvenile sophomoric ribbing all the way up to rape. We have a significant part of a generation that is being brought up to believe both of those things. That is brought up to believe three things, really, that innocence until proven guilty is old fashioned that asking someone out when they don't want to go out uh, or uh, sending them a uh, unwelcome and distasteful text message or unwelcome flirting is of only dubious difference from rape itself. And the idea that, uh, that, 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 that uh, all men are basically offenders waiting to happen are going to be of a profound impact to this society if people don't get their heads together at some point here and and develop some collective sanity on the issue. As we've talked about on this broadcast, the, 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 the sexual harassment is a real thing and has been a and, and it's and it's good to see to some extent that it is being uh, shunned that it's being excoriated in public these days but it's also yeah we, we've gone way too far if you're throwing out the idea of innocence until, until proven guilt uh for this particular range of crimes and no others then oh yeah the other the other the third uh, problem being the idea that that you always have to believe your accusers as long as they're women by the way, it's pointed out that, uh, that, that as we've seen, a, a few examples of women sexually harassing men coming into the news, including a female Democrat from Kansas who's being accused of sexual harassment. Uh, it, it's striking some people uh, with amazement that women are capable of committing some degree of sexual harassment as well. There's an interesting uh, piece on... Uh, uh, and and there's so many different things to say about this, actually. I'm going to finish the first thought here because there's a couple thoughts that jumped out here on this subject here. The idea that women are, are commit less sexual harassment is being cited as, as an example that men are, are inherently more depraved than women. Well... It's it is possible that there's uh, that men's different approaches to the S word maybe maybe a part of the issue, but it's also brings me back to something that I saw decades ago when domestic violence got its big round of of focus in our society, and there were people pundits largely people who were passing themselves off as social scientists or basically feminist pundits who said there was no such thing as 
female uh, on male domestic violence that there in one case I remember one saying that they had never seen a legitimate case of of women physically abusing men now that's complete hogwash and and the sane reaches of social science have learned this but it was also learned at that time that that female sexual uh, me, domestic violence against men was grossly underreported because how many guys want to report the fact that a their female significant other beats them up, abuses them violently. Most, many guys, I don't say most, but many guys are very reticent about saying that they can be taken out by a woman. Of course, these are men who are smart enough to know that in our society today, if you, if you, if you go to the cops without a knife sticking out your back, uh, after someone calls the police over a domestic violence uh, episode, that you're the one who's going to go to jail. You're the one who's going to lose the divorce. You're the one who is going to be begging to see your children until they turn 18. Uh, so, yes, men do underreport domestic violence. I think it's also fair to say that men underreport uh, sexual harassment. Who wants to admit you're the guy who is being exploited? It's just not the way most men are brought up to approach dealing with with issues like that. I think you'll see as more women get into positions of power, you're going to see a lot more uh, accusations coming out. Join us. I will be one more segment to go. We'll be right back. Go nowhere on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Don't you feel like desperados under the AM 1280, The Patriot. We all know Minnesota is a great state to live and work in. But what if we're falling behind? At Americans for Prosperity Foundation, we're sharing lessons and reforms from around the country. From tax reform to school funding to corporate welfare that will put Minnesota back on track and ensure everyone gets their chance at the American dream. Check out DoBetterMinnesota.com. Americans for Prosperity Foundation, on at a new time, Saturdays at 4 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. All right, here's the great selling point of Relief Factor. Well, actually, the greatest selling point is that it works for the great majority of people who use it. But the big selling factor is really this. You can get all the pain relief benefits of Relief Factor without the negative side effects of ibuprofen. A couple of years ago... With uh, great sciatic pain, I would take ibuprofen a lot, and it helped, but the side effects were so awful after a while that I, I just had to discontinue use, but that's not the problem with relief factor, so that's huge. So if you've been using any form of ibuprofen, now you don't have to with relief factor. Go to relieffactor.com, check out the pricing, and please give it a try, because pain is pretty awful. Or call 800-500-8384. That's relieffactor.com. When you're hiring, you want qualified candidates fast, and it can be hard to know where to find them. More than 3 million businesses use Indeed.com, the world's number one job site. Whether you need entry-level or highly skilled employees, Indeed helps you find great talent and make the right hire. Indeed is offering new users a $50 credit to give their first job post premium visibility as a sponsored job. Redeem this offer at Indeed.com slash promo. That's Indeed.com slash promo. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. 
Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. The number to call. So a bad year in music just got even worse. The lead singer of this band, the Smithereens, going Pat Dionisio, died this past week. They had a couple big hits in the late 80s, early 90s. They were part of a generation of power pop that kind of peaked in the 80s and got dropped like a hot rock in the 90s when grunge took over and hip-hop right after it. But I used to love the Smithereens for one big reason. Hey, well, several big reasons. They wrote really good power pop music. Jim Papjack's a great guitar player. And there's proof that a guy can write tuneful, well-crafted garage rock, but do it really, really well. And still make it big in the world of music. At that point, they, they could. And, and the Smithereens have been around since since 1980. They had a brief uh, run from 1984 to about 1990 as, as uh, kind of on the B-list of pop stardom. Not superstars, but they certainly did well for themselves. And they did well for the with themselves with songs that, I don't know, one person on my blog said all sounded exactly the same. I, I disagree, but I get it. The big jangly Rickenbacker guitar through the Marshall amp kind of sound. It, it, it was kind of their calling card. It's not like they went and did an album with orchestral backing. No, they did six or seven albums of big, loud garage rock. At least sounded like it started in the garage, but it was also very polished, very well-crafted, very, very, I mean, the, the craft of songwriting that Pat Denisio brought to writing these little three-and-a-half-minute garage rock uh, songs was pretty impressive stuff, and it was. I was never disappointed by a Smithereens record, uh, and it was always a, a, an exhilarating experience listening to them. It was just they got a lot of feeling out of what could have easily been a bunch of cliche. They come across as a bunch of cliches: the big, loud, ringing guitar through the loud amp, and 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 the big, heavy-duty guitar hook. It could have come across as just an endless cliche, like, say, the second album by The Knack. Similar idea, similar genre in a lot of ways. The execution was just so much better, and a lot part, large part of the reason for that was the interplay between the members of the band. But the leader of the band was always unquestionably uh, Pat Denisio, who passed away at the age of uh, 62 this past week been a bad year for music. A lot of people complained that 2016 was as bad as it could get with the passing of the likes of David Bowie and among many others. Uh, for my money, 2017 has been a lot worse so far with the passing of Tom Petty and uh, now Pat Denisio, the smithereens. Anyway, that was um, almost ready to be done with this year. Of course, next year could and, and let's be honest, likely will bring much worse. That's what happens when you uh, throw all of your social, uh, all of your pop star eggs into a basket of people that were born from 1942 to 1955. Eventually, that shelf date creeps up. <sighs> what are you going to do? Anyway, I do want to pay some tribute this past week at uh, something that happened at the same day as my birthday five years ago. Um, an episode that uh, was driven from the front pages of the media by something that happened three days later, the Newtown Massacre. Uh, which happened five years ago this past Thursday. Well, you've heard all about that. I want to talk about something that happened five years ago, three days before that, December 11th, 
of 2012, um, a fellow named Jacob Roberts, who was a loser and a delusional narcissist, walked into the Clackamas Mall in Portland, Oregon with an AR-15, a pistol, a couple hundred rounds of ammunition. He <coughs> murdered, excuse me, a couple of Christmas shoppers, a uh, young lady named Cindy Yuley and a fellow named Stephen Forsyth, and was by any rational account intending on murdering many, many, many more people because he had a few hundred rounds with him. And it was pretty clear he didn't intend to use them for Christmas decorations. Anyway, a fellow named Nick Melly, who you've never heard of because the media has made darn sure you haven't heard of him. He's an off-duty security guard out Christmas shopping with his family. He had a carry permit, and uh, he had the Glock to go with it concealed. He drew down on Jacob Roberts. Now, the media's uh, accounts and the law enforcement's accounts of this episode start to vary at this point, uh, the point that the media holds against the notion that, that Nick Melly is, in fact, a hero. But by all rational accounts, Jacob Roberts saw Nick Melly aiming his gun at him, and he did exactly what the FBI, in studying spree killers after Columbine, said he would do. His delusions of going out in a blaze of glory, taking hundreds out with him, evaporated in a moment as he saw a citizen, a regular schnook with a gun who could end him right there with the means to do exactly that. And the big delusional dream collapsed around him, and he retreated into a nearby gap and briefly aimed at a clerk inside the gap, but apparently the delusion had collapsed so completely that he opted not to kill anyone else. And he drew his pistol, and he ended his own miserable, narcissistic, delusional life. Now, some bobbleheads in the media have said, well, he killed himself. That's what they do when you face them down. And by the way, Nick Melly didn't fire a shot. He figured, probably wisely, that a crowded mall was probably not the right place to open fire, that the chance of missing and hitting an innocent bystander were too great. And he was probably right. And by the way, he was right in ways that, that if you haven't studied the issue, you probably don't know. If you fire at someone in a mass shooting and you hit the wrong person, you hit an innocent bystander, no matter, no matter that you were trying to do the best you could, that you were trying to save lives, you may have succeeded at saving dozens, maybe hundreds of lives. But you hit the innocent bystander and you don't have a badge to go with your gun, you will still be charged with manslaughter at best. Nick Melly didn't fire a shot, perhaps wisely, and yet you don't want to call it a happy ending because two innocent people did die along with the loser, Jacob Roberts. But hundreds of people, perhaps certainly several people, perhaps dozens, only God knows how many people are alive today because Nick Melly was capable of resisting evil. Keep that in mind as we head for a new legislative session. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back next week, the day before Christmas Eve. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. God bless you all. God bless America. It's called MediShare, and it's affordable biblical health care. And if you're wondering, what does that mean? Well, ask the people who are already members, like the Badger family. It's a big family, by the way. We have seven boys, three girls. We live out in the country, we have school. And they thank God for MediShare, especially after one of their babies was born with spina bifida. And the total bill was about a quarter million dollars. MediShare members met the entire need and sent them cards and letters letting them know they're praying for them. MediShare, is, I mean, we love it. With myself being self-employed, owning my own business, MediShare was a great option as far as affordability. With MediShare, as far as like all of our stuff, it's, it's always come through. Yeah, more and more people are doing this, and you can see why. Hundreds of thousands of Christian believers sharing, and that is a beautiful thing. Find out more. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, 
I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Are you sitting in traffic going to or from a job you don't like? Or maybe love your job but don't make enough money to pay the bills. Learn to make a second income trading just like Wall Street at Online Trading Academy. We'll teach you to confidently grow and protect your money so you live life the way you want to and never run out of money in retirement. Register for our free trading and investing class on your cell phone at pound 250. Just say the keyword OTA or register at learnwithota.com. Have pain you can't ignore? Then try first-in-class relief from Salon Pass. Salon Pass pain relief patches have everything you need in one clinically proven solution. They're the strongest label pain reliever available without a prescription. Safely relieving pain for up to 12 hours. And Salon Pass is the first and only FDA-approved OTC topical pain reliever. For first-in-class relief, get Salon Pass pain relief patches in the green box with a blue wave. This is AM 1280. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 